you know, he's right here in Washington, the son of a bitch. It's a local call. I mean, he's just playing with them. You see the Capitol building? Yeah. Wow, this movie went all around the world. <laughs> the Look at that car's parked right by the... I saw a car parked by a fire hydrant. I'm going to call that in. Nine and a half million dollars to make this film, but it made 20 million. So they doubled Damn, it. So many people. So that means twice as many people watch this movie than I would expect. Let's go see a really boring spy movie. Okay. I wouldn't Super call boring, it boring spy movie. I wouldn't call it boring. I know you saw it four times, and God bless you. Getting the soda here. Did you, uh, have you ever seen Death Wish, the director's other movie? Uh, the writer's other film? Look in at that soda. Life, I, I, in my life, I have seen Death Wish, but it was not impressive. Uh, it was a vigilante movie. What's his name? Right. Peter Bronson. Charles Bronson. Charles Bronson. Yeah. Well, you know, he just was sick and tired of it, and he just started shooting up people who didn't look like him, and he gets away with it. And then the second film were, are the same. And then by the fourth, I think it's a crackdown. That's mm -hmm. what's for, the crackdown. And he's down with busting crackheads. Wow, look at that phone she's got. So, so she's like, hey, I'm fucking around with people. You shouldn't be fucking around with people. It was a very European phone, right? Look at it. Yeah, uh, right, exactly. It looks like Robbie the Robot's doing a cameo. And it reminds the, me, I need uh, to do the rotary. Pictures. Yeah, right there, built into the wall. into the middle compartment. They did hop around the globe for this. Uh, Munich, Salzburg, London, Atlanta, and Savannah. Uh, Marse Marseille, France, Bermuda, Washington, D.C. Wow. Pretty impressive. There's nine million. Yeah. And even though they were in D.C., the, the CIA headquarters stuff was all filmed in Atlanta. And I think yeah. you don't like comedy films made in Georgia. It says at the end credits, special thanks to the Georgia Film Commission. Ahead of its time. Boo, the Florida Film Commission. Yeah, the Georgia Film, any movie that's shot in Georgia, and you know what, I do feel bad because the pandemic is like stopping everybody from working, especially yeah. in, in the entertainment industry in Atlanta. Like, you know, I had a friend, uh, and I'll, t I'll talk about her and a movie that we just did that's available uh, in a second. But we, uh, oh, fuck it. Can I, can I plug the movie? Yeah, sure. All right, so you should check out a movie called The Thieves Code, and you can find it on Vimeo On Demand. It's a recent film that was going to play a couple of festivals, but the filmmaker is just releasing it. Uh, there is a charge on it, uh, but it's a film uh, where uh, my friend is now in Atlanta. Uh, he's a thief, and she is dating woman and a guy and the guy's a thief and uh, -huh. uh a lot of shit and they all but they both owe money not not the woman but her girlfriend and boyfriend owe money to a mob member and shit gets crazy and it's a good movie and i have a little scene in it that's great the thieves like, code yeah 
And there is a the fee, but of course them. you could go to one, two, three moviesfree.com. <laughs> no, <laughs> all right, do me a favor. Go to one, two, three moviesfreecom Type in the thieves code, you prick. <laughs> and go ahead and uh, cheat out my buddy Alex Power around the office movie. Or you could just pay Alex three bucks and watch 60 Seconds of Mike Spiegelman in a two-hour movie. Oh, what, a, what a great treat. I just want to see your clip. Put it on YouTube. I know. I'll, I'll come over here. I'll come over and show it to you. Yeah, and sneeze while you're here. So, <laughs> so now... I bet. <laughs> okay, I, okay I, please. I told you this at the beginning of the film because it's playing out here. When he was in his office being disrespected, holding, told that he was going to be um, getting a desk job... Uh, he was uh, Ned. Ned Beatty was on the phone with his wife about his second home in Georgia. So Walter Matthau is ah. under an alias, renting the house. Wow, and you got Madeline Kahn as a realtor. That's pretty impressive. <laughs> She's the ugliest Madeline Kahn I ever saw. Uh, all right. I will. I will not respond. I'll let you have the last word. I could think of. Well, never mind. She's putting right. very yeah. thick the Atlanta accent right now. Let's see if. So I... Atlanta right now is like a hot spot. Georgia, the state, is a hot spot for entertainment, for movies, and a lot of modest budget movies, especially comedies, are always shot there, and they're always cookie cutter. Man, game night. Uh, they just oh. they just always are the same thing. Did you see Game Night? That was crazy, huh? Aqua Teen Hunger Force, uh, towards the end, you know, towards their demise, switched to Georgia for price. Yeah, well, you know, we'll put it this way. Adult Swim is part of the Cartoon Network, which was owned by, which would air Hanna-Barbera. It was owned by uh, Ted Turner, mm -hmm. who, when he bought the Hanna-Barbera library, created the Cartoon Network to play the, the catalog he has. And He's from Georgia. He's proud from Georgia. And I think that's part of the reason is that CBS and TNT and even CNN, all these Ted Turner companies, are out of his hometown of Atlanta, Georgia. Yeah. But I think that's probably. But, you know, in 1980, these, it was cheap to shoot in Atlanta. When we saw The Annihilator, I watched the oh. bonus feature on the DVD. They were saying, like, it cost them next to nothing to shoot in Atlanta. There was no unions there. There was just nothing. So you could get away with, like, just cheap shots. Gotcha. I used to have a job in Marietta, Georgia. No, in Atlanta on Marietta Avenue, and CNN was close by. Interesting. Did you uh, did you meet Jake Tapper? I didn't meet anybody. I did walk that street a lot, but I never bumped into uh, any CNN people. Is there a famous CNN person from back then? Uh, back when, let's see, this was 2002, maybe? Yeah. Oh, I know who, the one who always, like, you're a killer. You know who I'm talking about? She was on Headline News? No. You killed me. <laughs> oh, all right. You got it. Well, that's cool. Atlanta. Well, they're not in Atlanta anymore. So he got hoodwinked, right? And Sam's delivering the news to Ned. And he's like, gotta go. 
Um, well, he he doesn't know yet that he rented his house or anything. Ra basically, now they're que he's questioning Sam Waterson Water. What's his name? Waterson. Sam Waterson's loyalty, because he really he really likes uh, Walter Matthau's character, and uh, of course they're yeah. playing Mozart, and he's writing Chapter Two in Ned Beatty's house. Ah, uh, and he spilled a beer in his house too. Yeah. Not... Well, that explains why he has a picture of Ned Beatty. Yeah, and the picture will change as the scene goes on. Ned Beatty will get more angry. Oh, why would you do that? <laughs> Is that lazy writing? No, it's yeah, cute. <laughs> it's cute. Where was I? Peck, 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 hunt. Peck, peck, pecka, pecka, pecka. I think Jerry Lewis does a better routine with that writer. <laughs> well, uh, Matthew received a Golden Globe nomination. Uh, he didn't win it. For best actor. Huh. Yeah, he seems like a, he seems like he does a good job. I mean, I know we don't have the audio up, but he does seem pretty grounded in his character. Mm-hmm. And he still has that star personality we call Matthew Senior. So here he is in in Georgia, and he's going to uh, try to charter a plane. He's putting on a terrible fake accent right now, pretending he's from Texas, and he's going to barge into Let's the guy's listen. office. Sarah? Sarah, you knew he I am. Yes, I am. I know, Mr. Max. He sounds like your person. <laughs> Does he? Hey, y'all, this. Oh, hey. This guy I know, he's like in everything. Yeah. And Saturday the 14th? I didn't look him up, and I'm sorry about that. He is, has been in everything. No, sir. You know, so I watched Saturday the 14th, the DVD. It's on Shout Collection or Screen Factory. Mm -hmm. And, uh, Shout Factory. And they have, like, a real loving tribute to the guy. Like, he's a noted character actor, and he's just, uh, weird-looking guy. Watch what he does with the money. Watch. Zoop! <laughs> Wait. And Walter Matthau is like, may I have my money clip back? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, please, just attacked. And this guy's like, you can drop the accent. You know, it's really quite horrible. And he just goes into his Walter <laughs> Matthau voice. Oh, Bart. He wants to charter a plane, is what this is all about. Yeah. Now, the person... Did you ever watch... Yeah. Go ahead, please. I, no, you're talking about real things. I'll tell you later. Go ahead. So, have you ever watched the first season of The Simpsons, or The Simpsons and the Tracy Oldman show? Pro where Homer sounded like Walter Matthau? He's like, uh, Sophia Loren, you stay away from that Jack Lemon. Really uncanny like Walter Matthau. I... Not scrumpy old man. Or grumpier old men. I forget which which movie had Sophia Loren in it. Grumpy old men or grumpier old men. Grumpier. Ah, uh, which one needs to do? You, so 
do you prefer the sequels? Like, do you prefer Grumpier Old Man, and do you prefer, like, another 10 yards or analyze that? I mean, it just... <laughs> it's <laughs> very rare that a sequel is good. As you know, like, there's exceptions like Godfather 2, but it's very rare. But I think that Grumpier Old Men was just as good. I really do. And believe huh. it or not, City Slickers 2 was very good. Hey, was Bruno Kirby in the second one? Uh, no, John Levitz, the one who kept oh, quoting uh, The Godfather. Yeah, and he was doing Godfather. Yeah. yeah. All right, I agree. Uh, get to watch some live band music action. Ooh, bring on the comic. Get off the stage, man. We want to see the opening act again. Yeah, it's a horrible song. Um, okay, now we're going to meet the the pilot of the charter plane, and it's the stepdaughter of Walter Matthau. Oh, the actress? Yep. Wow. You see... So the whole world looks like Matthau's. Walter Matthau is Jewish, oh, and yeah. they had that opening scene in Germany, and he was like, I won't do it. I won't do it. And they're like, Walter, come on, man. Walter. And so he said, I'll do it if you cast my son and stepdaughter. Then I'll do it. That was the agreement he made with the producers. Yeah. Yeah, unless the October 1st birthday type of thing you would do. You wouldn't know, Carl. You don't share a birthday with Walter Matthau. I don't share a birthday with Walter Matthau. We were both born October 1st, 1920. <laughs> okay. We just celebrated our birthday this year. We will. Oh, no, we must be 1919. I have one of those birthdays that are at the end of the year, and uh-huh. I always, like, get my date wrong, my age wrong. Where I'm like, oh, let's see, subtract a year from that, I was 12. I'm like, no, you were 11, motherfucker. <laughs> For you, we were 12 to October. You, your birthday, if it was... Uh... It was October, right? So you always missed out yeah. on presents. They would give you Halloween candy. This is a combination present. <laughs> okay, you see he's got fire, fire, fire. yeah, firecrackers. Well, because he's from Georgia. He's living in Georgia right now. Oh, wait. So he's chartering a plane. He bought firecrackers. Right. Interesting. Interesting. I'm going to shoot some punks. Yeah, Charles Bronson, did you ever see the Bruce Willis Death Wish? No, Bruce Willis Death Wish? Yeah, it's directed by the guy who did Hostel. It is one, it's not even a movie. Honestly, it's just like, it, w- it would fail as a YouTube video. It was just, it was exactly what you wanted and less, right? He's uh-huh. doing the, he's killing punks. And then they cut to like Sway, Sway's universe on the on Celestial Radio or whatever satellite right. radio, and they're like, "Did you guys hear about this guy, the Bruce Willis killer? It's, this guy looks like Bruce Willis, and he's killing punks." Mm-hmm. And that was the whole movie was like cutting to nationally known real life radio personality. I'm Man Cow in DC. What's up with the Bruce Willis killer? And it's just not, you know. I assume. And then at the end of the movie, what's that? I assume that I should not rent it. No, I, I would not recommend it. If you want to see a weird Eli Roth movie, he did a children's movie shortly thereafter, the 
clock in the wall, the house with the clock in the walls, which was pretty good. It's kind of a scary kids movie. Mm-hmm. So if you had to watch a recent Eli Roth movie, I would go with the kids movie. So now on purpose, Walter Matthau was calling uh, Latoya Jackson, and <laughs> and he's insulting the CIA guy that I, he knows is listening. And it's also that they can trace his call and find out that he's in uh, Ned Beatty's house to piss off Ned Beatty. And he's saying, they'll never take me alive. I'm armed to the teeth. Oh, no. So they're going to swat the house. Right. Classic. He's ahead of his time. He's leaking information online. He's doxing people. Hello, pizzeria. I would like 200 pizzas delivered to Ned Beatty's house. <laughs> yes, sir, Mr. Beatty. One regular coming up. Well, yeah, I, the usual for for math out. <laughs> Ned Beatty. Oh, for Ned Beatty. Yeah, because he's at Ned Beatty's house. So there was a Screen Actors Guild strike at the time in which they were promoting this movie, and uh, he made a promotional appearance, and so they called him the Guild. He almost lost his SAG card over that. Like, no this, shit. Yeah, the Landu production guys got a special permit, not that they could break the strike, but they did it under a, a, like a wrong company name or something. Anyway, he the charges were dismissed, but it was a big deal at the time. Well, yeah, I remember that. You know See, so he finds out that, that it's his house now, and he's going to be furious. He's going to look like that picture. Yeah, he look at him. <laughs> I like that baby. The balls. <laughs> <laughs> now look what My he house. crackers. Oh, he's gonna. So it looks like there's gunfire. Right, and there that will mean they're gonna shoot up Ned Beatty's house. That's the whole joke. I got this idea from White Spies. Mm-hmm. Oh, do you remember the time we were spies and we lived next door, and you looked into my window and you saw me sleeping, so you yeah. went to show up with a bear claw. Right. And. Uh, when you went to put it on me, I was actually a mechanical bear claw, and I, I get you, and then I that's popped it. out of a window doing the peace sign. Yeah, that's the day I became the black yeah. spy. Yeah, that's right. You were the black spy. Although you one, you you gave me your comeuppance in the uh, title panel, but the main comic <laughs> I, I, I won the day. Your comeuppance. <laughs> So this uh, was originally going to star Warren Beatty, and uh, Latoya Jackson was going to be um, Jane Fonda, believe it or not. Oh. And it was going to be a much darker spy thriller kind of thing. Well, Three Days of the Condor, that was that was Warren Beatty, wasn't it? No, that was, no, that was Robert Redford. Yeah. Yeah, so Warren Beatty had like a falling out with uh, Warner Brothers and big fight or something, and it got all ruined. He's kind of a weirdo. Like, there's the very few people like Warren Beatty where he has complete control of the product, and you get a film once every decade, and yeah, they're usually like noteworthy of its bizarreness, whether it's like Town and Country or Dick Tracy or 
I recently saw Dick Tracy from Netflix uh, DVD, and it was very good. It was very good, and it was very stylized, and they were trying to look like a cartoon, and it it worked. Everything was uh, uh, the art direction was interesting. Um, It was pretty good. Yeah. Did you like? I I read the comic, and I've seen all the related Dick Tracy shit throughout the years, but I never really saw a color coded thing like that. Where you know, he was definitely he looked more like the Yellow Kid than like the Dick Tracy comics. But yeah, you know, it was it was a decision. There was some really good. There was it was well casted though. I mean, that's the best part of the movie is is just watching Al Pacino and it had um, uh, Dustin Hoffman. Well, it had Dustin Hoffman, but it also had Godfather. Uh... Al Pacino. Yeah, Al Pacino. No, different Godfather. He Al Pacino yeah. did a really good job in that film. It was really star-studded. The only thing I'm serious now. The only thing was Madonna. Uh, people always say she didn't light up the screen, but she really didn't. She looked very. She looked like she didn't belong there. She just looked like a regular person in amongst oh. all these stars. I don't know. It's weird. You figure like just the fact that it's a superstar Madonna would be the price of admission. Mm-hmm. Like you'd be like, wow, I can't believe that there she is on the screen. All right, so their timing is perfectly, right? Like he, he got the up. Oh. Now he's going to shoot now, his own father. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. He pulled out a gun. He's not going to shoot his own father. But his father is going to kidnap him. Interesting. So now Ned Baby's like, stop destroying my house! (laughs) He goes, excuse me. Which is his attention. That's like sneaking up on a guy shooting a gun. Well, it's his own son, so he took him by some... Oh, don't hurt him! I was not cool when I was shooting at a house and my father snuck up behind me and grabbed yeah. my gun. It was not cool. Grabbed my hair. So Ned Beatty goes, what are they doing? And Sam Watterson goes, they're destroying your house. <laughs> nice. This was the alternative ending to House Party. The somber ending. This is one of the reasons why they wanted to turn the novel into a movie, this scene. Oh, yeah. Now, well, it's riveting. It's a real page turn. There were differences in the book. Uh, in the book, uh, the, we keep saying Walter Matthau, is, his character's name is Kendig. He fakes his own death using a recovered repo- body from a Paris street. That's okay, because it would have ended up in that vat, like uh, Twisted Obsession, Joker. right? Um, yeah, right, yeah, right. So then Taurus would see it. And, then and the body, he put all of the the manuscript of the expose so that it would never get published. And that's a big difference. You know, in this film, I won't ruin the ending for you, but the, I'll tell you that the novel gets published. Oh, I figured as much. I was going to say you should ruin the ending for me. So I have a cat in the room. Also, the uh, Von, uh, you know, Latoya Jackson is not a love interest. Okay, now, he yeah. bought, watch what he'll do. 
he's got like a James Bondy spy thing all set up for them. He's waiting for them to follow. And now he dumps oil so that they skid out. Interesting. That is a classic spy move. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. I'm going to have to do the Spy Hunter video game theme song. Dun, 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 Peter Gunn. more of a cop thing. That's not a Right? That's Peter Gunn's. No, but it was also. Yeah, but the Peter Gunn thing was also used in Spy Hunter in the 80s. So, so I always hear it as a Spy Hunter video game theme song. Okay, now look, he took his son's passport. Now he can never leave Georgia. Right, stuck there. May I see your papers? I'm sorry, turn around and go back into Georgia. <laughs> I just want to visit North Carolina in peace. I don't have a map in front of me, so I'm, I'm taking a guess. No passport, no North Carolina. <laughs> I'm stranded. I have to get some barbecue. This film made $6 million oh, in its first money. weekend. I don't think anything else was playing it. <laughs> yeah. Now, his stepdaughter I told you the played uh, Lucy Saroyan, and... She's the, I don't know, do you know this name? She's the daughter of novelist William Saroyan. Yeah, I think William Saroyan. Did he write about depression? I, I might know about this guy. I don't know. Uh, I don't know that author's name, but uh, the internet thought it was important. Okay. Sounds good. There's a chartered ship. Everything's ready to roll. Right. You see that? That was not made out of wood. That was some kind of ore. Right. Well, well, you know, those boats that land on water, you need an ore to get yourself to the pier dock. You saw her paddling, right? It looked like wood, but it was metal. I mean, it was some kind of ore. Oh, interesting. Is there anything? Room for a giant stick in that plane? <laughs> no. So now he told her he wanted to go to, uh, I don't know, and now he's going to Bermuda instead. And we find out that he's also a pilot. He's like, can I drive? <laughs> of course he's a pilot. That's, just, that's day one in CIA school. Right. So you're right about Baiting Wadding creative control and everything. He said, no, 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 we're changing this to all take place in California. Yeah. His films are, like, notorious about that. It just takes years of development, and he has to do it his way, and it just becomes kind of a him thing. So I'm glad he skips out on this one. Now, George C. Scott was considered for the starring role, but uh, the producers were like, he doesn't have enough box office clout to carry this off. Oh, give me a break. I guess, well, back in the 80s, we were gaga about Matthau. Now, the stepdaughter says to Walter Matthau, you seem like a great guy. You remind me of my father. And then Walter Matthau goes, that's always my problem. <laughs> Well, that's his class. 
Did they land in Bermuda? And we're at the Bermuda Reef Inn. Yeah, he's at the Bermuda Reef. Oh, that reminds me of three jokes. Uh, what was the name of the five-star hotel run by Leafy Vegetable? It was Let Us In. What was the name of the one-star hotel run by the Leafy Vegetable? It was... The End Dive. Kale, I stay here? Kale, what was it? The End Dive? The End Dive. So E-N-D-I-V-E. Now, so now Ned Ned Beatty's wife goes, here you are, dear, your hot tea with lemon, just like you like it. And he's like, I like it with milk. He goes, <laughs> I should have had her exterminated years ago. Hey, <laughs> go laugh at that. Now, did you ever right, see First <laughs> Monday in October, the film in 1981 with Walter Matthau? Yeah. Okay. Of course, that is a yeah. Same. It's the same director. They they went on to make that film. Do you recommend I see that film? Well, it's another stuffy shirt film. I mean, if you like this film, you're gonna love first. I mean, it's one of those weird films where I remember its release, I remember its issue, and I never got around to seeing it. Oh. But it's about uh, the first female Supreme Court judge. Uh huh. Okay. Matthew Matthew is it on the Supreme Court. And I forget who it is. Maybe it's Latoya Jackson, but uh, there is a female Supreme Court, and you know the court starts in the first week of first Monday in October. Ah, okay. So yeah. Gotcha. All right, I'll. Is that interesting? Check it out. Yeah. So um, these passports are authentic. Uh, the State Department um, gave you know worked with the film to give them authentic. As a matter of fact, the director had to lock it up in a safe by contract uh, when it wasn't being used. But they wanted when they do extreme close-ups for it to be authentic looking. Authentic. I think that they went through yeah, yeah. trouble for nothing. Well, I don't know. It's an interesting detail. I mean, you don't need CGI in a movie, but you do need some things to be authentic. To mm -hmm. kind of, you know. It's and a good shortcut. Was. You know, you know exactly what it is and what it is, and then you can move on with the story. And that's why I need set nine million dollars for my movie. Nine point five. Now, investors. Jackson yeah. is a former spy, so she knows Sam Waterson. So he's there to talk some sense into her. Like, listen, I like this guy. He's running circles around us, but he's going to slip up. It's very dangerous, and if the Russians get them before we do, they'll squeeze them. You know, come on, help help a brother out here. Tell him he's got to stop this. So she's going to say, "Well, I just he already wrote a memoir and he's been sending it out." He already that's How they, know the that. they know that they've been getting oh. it. <laughs> Oh, all right. I, I, I figured it was the Postal Service of today where it takes forever. Am I right? Fuck them. Yep. <laughs> took forever to... That's like, right. I said fuck Pam Benjamin. Uh, I think that was a Pam Benjamin take. Hi, Pam Benjamin. Uh, was it? Bam Benjamin. Listen, go to mutinyradio.fm and hit the donate button or go to Venmo and put in at mutiny, mutiny radio. Help, help a brother out. So Bam uh, Benjamin, 
uh, texted me during our last show saying that joke was the orange juice joke was very funny. Which joke? Orange Listen. juice? Tell it to me. You know, you know that. Oh, all right. Well, I can't believe I'm going to waste our show's time. But okay, a guy goes into a country club uh, restaurant and he goes, uh, "You serve breakfast?" He goes, "Yeah." He goes, "You serve orange juice?" He goes, "We serve all kind of juice: orange juice, purple juice." It wasn't a restricted club. Acidic juice. Acidic juice. Aren't so, you laughing at that joke? <laughs> NBC bought this film for four million bucks with the provision that if it's a box office hit, they got to pay more, and they did. Interesting. Yeah. But this was an exclusive on NBC. Mm-hmm. Edited for content. Edited for television. Yeah. Back in the day, they would say edited for television. But there's no curse words in this movie, right? It isn't like. There's a diarrhea scene going to Jackson. No, there's no uh, I gotta do make a poop diarrhea joke scene. <laughs> One of the first uh, Criteria Collection movies to have, I gotta take a poop diarrhea joke. That's <laughs> just the bicycle piece. That's how they caught him. It's a trail of diarrhea from the stolen bicycle ride. The Red Balloon. Remember that film? That was his, bla- his bowel. So... Now, now um, he's trying to make a deal, like a quid pro quo. Like, if if we pool our information, I'll tell you where he is. And Sam Watterson is like, no thanks, bye. And he goes, okay, he's in London. I mean, they want him caught too. He's exposing the, C- he's exposing the KGB. So he was rushing his answer, what you saying? Ah, he's Russian. He was always Russian. Speaking of video games, remember the video game Rush and Attack? Where you can rush and attack? Rush and attack? And you're like in the Soviet Union shooting guys? Play on words. Play on words. So now he's got uh, the Avengers, he tells... Um, you know, Walter Matthau's son. He's traveling with your passport. <laughs> it's authentic. You know, I talked to the problem director. Yep, it's authentic. Check this out. The film's producer teamed up with Ted Bergman Productions to develop an hour-long primetime TV series. Interesting. Yeah. I think they could still do that. This would make a good te- good series. Yeah, but the thing is, it has an ending. The book gets published, you know. How will they... I well, mean... it's never stopped streaming television shows anyway. It's based on a book, or it's just a serialized 18-hour movie where it finally gets to the end of the last episode. And then it has a second se- a second season, and you go, where the fuck can they go from there? They yeah. did everything in the book. Right. Yeah. I guess that TV show would have been every single every single episode. He's outsmarting the CIA and making them look dumb. Right. So Netflix will drop this on a Tuesday. Seven, you know, eight hours. So you watch eight hours of this, eight episodes, and then it sets up for a sequel, uh, a second season. Yep. What? I'm going to be a father. The end. The end. <laughs> hey, that's funny because that was. Uh... Gosh, I saw this uh, 
small I saw this like short run thing on Netflix where what's Paul it? Rudd. Paul Rudd, yeah. That was, I don't know, I liked it. I liked it. Yeah, uh Living with Yourself, where he has a clone. Originally on IMC, which made me nostalgic for the IFC channel where they would have garbage like that. Independent Yeah, it was good. It was fine and they said and that's how the show ends, and they set it up for a second season, if need be. But if not need be, then you just left on that moment. Right. But it was like, you know, I did feel like I had to sit through. It would have been a great movie, right? And then yeah. it ends with them having the twins given, uh, the clones having. Uh, They've learned how to live together. Yeah. I'm okay with movies. 90 minutes, an hour, two hours and a half of my time. That's fine. Yeah. But don't so he just went to an old friend from Spy Days, and he's basically trying to figure out how to get a remote control plane together. What's he? Wow, what's that crazy Charlie crafted up now? Oh, what was that movie where Walter uh, uh, Matthau plays like a killer, Mr. Mazurskic or some shit like that? Wasn't I'm, I? Maybe I'm mistaken. For no, like Charlie Verick. That was the name of the movie. That is a sick movie. I like that film. Walter Matthau plays a murderer? Yeah, he's like a hitman assassin type of guy. He's like a Jason Statham. Uh-huh. I guess I never saw it. Should I put it in my cube? I would. Charlie Burke. If that's still a thing. I don't even know if uh, Well, whatever. Well, if I can't find it on Netflix... Sometimes they give you recommendations. Charlie what? Barrick. B-A-R-R-I-C-K. Okay. Oh, hey, that's they the first reel of the movie. MI5, and they're like, help us find this guy. And he's like, he'll come to the wrong place. And then he goes, well, here he is with the head of the KGB. And he goes, in God's man, I'll help you. <laughs> I know, I saw his monocle drop from his eye. Yeah. So he's like, he's going to go to a big publishing house to make this um, book. But I think he'll suspect us, so he'll probably go to a smaller, you know, that will think that. So he'll go to a smaller publisher, and, and he's like, what I know, the publishing house's ideas? I'll make a few calls. <laughs> Call Penguin, right? Avon Constant. Penguin Classics. Penguin. Yeah, hello. hello. I have your latest paperback. They kicked me out of the office of Penguin Paperback. But I was like, listen, not only did I write you a new novel, I designed the, the Penguin uh, cover for you. And they kicked you, you know, out. I was like, wow. Yeah. It was for my novel, uh, Bareback in it, throughout Europe. And I, I made the cover with Bareback in it. I had a little penguin on it. And they said, get out of the office. <laughs> now, the novel was really a dark... It was a comedy, but it was a dark thriller. And when Walter Matthau got on board, you know, and Warren Beatty was gone, they changed it into this, like, silly, dry comedy to fit his persona. And that's another time, and Garfield was like, I gotta write another draft! So we did. <laughs> also, there was another director to do this film. Uh, let's see here. Brian Forbes was going to be the director. 
Uh, but then he had some scheduling conflict. Uh, so, so he is a co-writer of this, even though he wasn't the director. You know, I read about that in Brian Ford's magazine. Uh-huh. That Brian Ford was, Forbes was going to be the director. I read about it in, in, in Brian Forbes? Ford's magazine. Oh, in Forbes you read about it. You know, uh, Forbes yeah. declared no, Scarlett Johansson like the highest grossing actress. And I agree, man. She yeah. is gross. Right. And always high. <laughs> Blech. She's the best. How dare you say something about Scarlett Johansson? She's the best. <laughs> I guess. So yeah, Walter Matthau right, did so much ad-libbing in this film that they, you know, said he deserved a writing credit. I mean, he wrote two scenes, uh, but he never pursued right. it. Uh, so he's not a writer on this film, although perhaps he should be credited. It pissed off, it pissed off the, the novelist, Garfield. He said that's worse than normal. He's worse than normal. Like normal the cat. Uh-oh. Garfield. What is that, Odie? Ode, oh, the dog? Odie's the dog. Yes, yeah. Ode, yeah. And then that the... was the Odie to Garfield's Garfield. <laughs> so irritating. Well, well put. You can tell like Matt's house tongue. Wow. So this is great. Get to see her leave the house. Oh, he's, he's stiffing her. Stiffing this guy. Well, yeah, she invited the CIA guy in, and then she said, I'll get you ice for your drink, and she left. And this is one of the things that's like, he's in the village, and then he's uptown in Central Park, and I'm like, no way. She's now going to the ferry that takes <laughs> you from London, uh, from, from uh, Amsterdam to London, but there's no way she could have gotten there from Salzburg like it would have taken her a day's drive, so the internet thought that was interesting. Yeah. Let me see if I have Jewish that guy. here for the exact uh, continuity errors. They shot this in eleven weeks. What? That's pretty cool. Yeah. I have a continuity error. There's a no hopscotch in this movie. Yeah, there is no hopscotch. This is the publisher. He's meeting with the publisher. And right. it's down to the point a... she's got, you know, it's the last chapter they're waiting on. And they're at a British pub with some pints. Right. So what's your favorite uh, Walter Matthau, Jack Lemmon movie? Because they made like eight of them together. Yeah, I guess uh, I guess The Odd Couple. Did you know The Odd Couple was Walter Matthau's big break? Oh, that's interesting. Well, because he did a lot of Neil Simon movies, but I guess he did them afterwards. I'm thinking like California Suite. That's cool. Yeah, I don't think uh, it was a phenomenon as a play. I know that the original play actors weren't in the movie, but Right, yeah. they were. Yeah. Did you ever see the cartoon on Couple where it's a dog and a cat living together? Yes. <laughs> and there was Cat Dog, little old cat dog. Is that the one you're thinking of? Like when the cat and dog are stuck together, like 
Yeah, right. They were the original odd couple, cat dog. <laughs> so um, talk about the California suite, and um, David Mathau, the son, is also in California suite as Bell Boy. I got your monkey wrench. I mean, your coffee. Did you notice the Mozart book in the window of the bookstore you walked in? Yes. Oh, yeah, you've seen this movie four times. Yeah. Probably noticed the, when the wheel changes. He was in three episodes of Battlestar Galactica as operative. Reads pretty good. Check this yes, out. Yes, Commander. In 77, he was in The Goodbye Girl as furniture mover. <laughs> Only the, yeah, I mean, he got a SAG card and a uh, union card for that. The thing is, what's going on with like, Walter Matthau? Do you think David was Matthau was like, I'm going to make it on my own, right? I, I'm pretty sure that his son, I got to mix up with that. I got to mix up with Danny Houston, the, the, the son actor of, uh, uh, of John Houston, the director actor. Right. But I think like one, Walter Matthau's last movie was directed by his son. Oh, no, no. I would have caught that. No, he's been in Edgewater, New Jersey for 25 years. He's been on the radio as a reporter. Nice. Traffic and weather after this. (laughs) No, he's an investigative journalist like like 9-11 stuff, like... um, what there was others uh it's not jumping to mind cuz i didn't write it down but he was part of a lot of uh investigating a you know like bridgegate and stuff like that he's he's serious guy <laughs> someone's got to cover bridgegate yeah someone's got to cover bridgegate yeah that went nowhere the supreme court dismissed it all that for that. Well, all that was to like say Christie's a skunk, which I agree with. But I'm saying they were just trying to get him. They were trying to nail him. Yeah, get him. You, I always love the story that uh, I was visiting you in New Jersey during the last election, and we were sitting at a diner, and Chris Christie gets on the TV, and he's announcing he's he's withdrawing from the race, and we didn't hear anything he said because we were at this diner. But I was like, he's probably cursing out Donald Trump, <laughs> telling people not to vote for that guy. <laughs> he kicked that one guy's ass from Florida during that debate. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, well, Chris Christie still shows up on the Sunday news shows. He's, I think he's yeah, ABC, he does. But uh, I don't know. Anytime Chris Christie says something, I just think he's saying it. Just sounds stupid. I don't know. Okay, so yeah, they went no, to I agree the publisher, and they tried to lean on the publisher. And the publisher said, the only one who can stop the publication of this book, uh, you know, is Walter Matthau. And they go, yeah, but we don't even know where he is. And he goes, oh, he's at the blah, blah, blah hotel. So they're like, what? And they run down there, and then they see Pink Panther yeah. guy, and they're like, the head of the KGB. And Sam Watterson says, this was the quid, quid pro quo I promised him. Oh, I see. So they finally get the head of the KGB. They don't get him. And, and he wants to get Walter Matthau. So they have agreed oh, to let him 
tag along. All right, which explains why he's in the hallway with them. I gotcha. Remember, he let him know that they were that Mathau was in London trying to get published. So they're being very cautious, like Mathau's going to jump out with a gun, but Sam Watterson knows he would never do anything like that. Right. Well, it's hard to shake off that spy thing. Well, it's more like it's more of the movie saying Ned Beatty's a boob. Do you remember the time you were having a picnic? I think you were with the lady spies, but you were there just as a black spy. No. And I, I put a bomb in the picnic basket, but it winds up the picnic basket was a bomb itself. Uh, is that what happened? And you got blown up? Now I remember. Yeah. My my white hat flew upwards and my teeth flew at another angle and you gave the peace sign. So they don't find Walter Matthau, they find a recording. And basically, he's taunting and teasing them and saying, here's the final chapter of my book. Now, are they sure it was Walter Matthau? It might have been Rich, uh, Rich, Rich Hall. Hall. Rich yeah. Little did an impression. The best Walter Matthau impression ever was in Jaws. Do you remember that? Richard Dreyfuss? No, you know, I, I, he doesn't. I don't remember it. I haven't seen that movie. So you never saw Jaws? Okay. Got Twenty minutes of it, and I said, "Yeah." Hit pause. Hit pause. You <laughs> now go to one two three moviesfree dot com, and I'm not adulting one two three movies dot free. Fuck that. So you can Jaws, see the whole point of this podcast. All point of this podcast is that you can see these fucking movies on a legal system called YouTube. Oh, and it's, it's not legal, but YouTube makes their money by having guys like Adabic post uh, Criterion movies full length. Right, right. We watch it. They get, they get the eyeballs. They're not, they're not, you know, they're not suffering it. So I, I feel okay watching a movie, free movie on YouTube. One, I'm paying for the internet service, so it's not necessarily free. And two, just Google's making a fortune by this shit, you know. So if they can get away with it, I'm gonna watch it. But one, two, three movies, that crap, you go fuck itself. That's no fun. Okay. Just wait to see movies. When the, when the world comes back together and they open up the library, you can wait in line six feet apart and then go pick up some DVDs. You know, it's then that's free. It's, you pay for your taxes. Gotcha. Well, when I just, I, I just don't endorse cars. I in, I have to endure ads, so I'm paying for. I know. It's just in. Okay, so they didn't find him. They've quit. He's got the last chapter out. They're all bummed. They're like, good night. And Sam Watterson is winding down for the day. He's going to browse to one, two, three. Movie. No, he's not. No, he's not. on this one. Not on my watch. Because it's 1980. He's going to go to the public library. He's going to go to... find with a gun in his hand. That's not like him. Wow, that's his buddy who's been putting up with him the whole time. That's right. He goes, I'm going to shoot you if you don't sit down and I tie you up. Now, I get uh, Sam Watterson and Jerry Orbach mixed up, especially during, like, when they're young. Oh. I, con- I connect them to that TV show. Gotcha. 
Uh, he was in Oliver Stone's Nixon, Sam Waterson. He was in John Waters' Serial Mom. Oh, I love that movie. Yeah, I remember. He was the dad. He was in Reese Witherspoon's Nick first feature film ever, Man in the Moon. Um, and oh, he was I didn't a bunch know that. of Woody Allen. Bunch of Woody Allen. Yeah. Hannah and her sisters. That was no, good. Yeah, well, that was right right before the, the controversy broke. or it, So it was like his one good movie. You know, I, I went to Brandeis University, and they quote that movie because it's yeah. a part where he, one of the sisters, the director, really said, oh, you must be smart. She went to Brandeis. And that became a T-shirt, and it's an, an ironic uh, affirmation. And then, you know, he found out he was sleeping, and then all that shit came out, and people were like, fuck it. Yeah, and I am too. Now, so he's Sam Waterson's trying to talk him out of it, and he goes, "No, no, no, you're going to help me, Sam." And he goes, "I'm not doing you any favors." And he goes, "You already did. You knew I would never use this gun on you. You knew it." And then he finds out there's no bullets in the gun, so Sam Waterson right. even did do him a favor, a huge favor. Okay, the stripper's coming in an hour. Act surprise. <laughs> yeah, no, no bullets. No bullets. The Thieves Cove. I can't wait to check that out now. Well, we'll we'll talk. I I, I might be able to hook you up, but everyone else, you got to pay. You got to pay that filmmaker. Oh. Actually, I can't hook you up. I told the filmmaker I would I want to do that. I I will absolutely pay to see your sixty seconds. Uh, Tony Sparks from San Francisco Comedy plays bartender Tony Sparks in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of comedians in it. Uh, I, one of the stars is a comedian, and then a lot of comedians play the victims of pickpocketing. It's good shit. Dude, it's a tr film noir, trashy crime drama. Uh-huh. Now, for the first it's time... It's no hot dog. Right. I got to play the audio because it's Eleanor Roosevelt. Okay. All right. He's Rock like, I know off. it's you, Dad. <laughs> Are you playing the audio? Oh, I'll play it. Yeah, of course. Yeah, in his room. You better cut him loose. What? Who is this? This is Eleanor Roosevelt. <laughs> I know it's you, Dad. <laughs> oh, not this again. Dad. Now, we're coming to the end of his big plan, his big plot. Uh, and he's making the final arrangement to get picked up by LaToya Jackson. Oh, good. I was wondering when she would come back to this movie. Oh, she's been in it throughout. She's helping him, you know, distracting the CIA and uh, mailing chapters. You know, she's doing her part. But for the first time in the whole movie, something happens to Walter Matthau that's not expected. He comes out of the phone booth to find a flat tire, and this wrecks up his plans. Oh, that's cool. I like when movies do that. Yeah. It's a now, comedy. They should be escalation. If you look at the tire 
only the bottom is flat. Well, the European tire, I guess. Yeah. You can, they're quality tires. Even if you get a flat tire in Europe, the top part is still okay. Yeah. <laughs> so oh, the last time I was so tired of conversation. Oh, so things are falling to shit. Having a bit of problem, eh? Yes, I, I don't know. There's no spare. Uh, well, uh, you know, Carl, stop your stereotypes. You know they say, oh, all right, all right, all right, all right. What's all this then? <laughs> Tell me, is your name Bobby? That's that's not funny, sir. Look, look at him driving. He's not even using his hands. Did you see that? Yeah. That's reckless. Wait a couple of seconds. Ahead. Look at him. Hey, old Carl. And they're driving the wrong side of the road. Am I right? Yeah, I am that's right. The, thing. It, the English are so crazy. They drive on the wrong side of the road. But since they're all crazy, it works. It's like a system. Yeah. Like they're they all doing it. it wrong. So it works. Even the car makers. Yeah. Don't get me started about the toilet flushing. It goes the wrong way. <laughs> that's Australia. <laughs> uh, this these interior sets need more clutter, right? Yeah, I I do love the movies that come out in 1980 or 1990, where you just can't tell fashion wise or style wise what decade they're from. It's still kind of 70s chaotic, but 80s beachy suit. Gotcha. Looking, you know. Yeah, transition times. Yeah. Those films deserve Criterion Collection. What was your favorite part? What was your favorite version of Sonic the Hedgehog movie? Sonic the Hedgehog or the Sonic the Hedgehog: The Criterion Collection? I never saw Sonic the Hedgehog. I never played it. Don't know a thing about. Oh, it's available on what people movies Three. <laughs> I guess your joke is that it would never be in the Criterion Collection. Okay, now this one, well, Bobby. The black and white version. Right, yeah. right. That's it was stylized and you know in the original uh, Nintendo sixty four yeah. version. So now the one Bobby gets suspicious. This bloke looks like a lot like that missing American. He does. <laughs> now the point of Matthew um. tying up uh, Sam Waterson was really to reveal. Don't bother going to the airports to find me because I got my own biplane that I bought. Okay? And, right, I remember that. But then he called up as Eleanor Roosevelt and set Sam Watterson free. Now, the, the cop is like, excuse me, sir, do you have some identification? Walter Matthau screwed. Oh, yeah. But the passport looks authentic. Yeah, oh, look at him. He's the ready State to Department. So he gets a paper clip. Yeah. And he's basically going to short-circuit the lights. Do not do this at home. Right. We do not endorse if, this if at you home. Are gonna... Yeah. Oh, at least lick it, and lick it with your tongue. <laughs> Do not stick a fork in there. Yeah. So 
Whoa. Yeah. Magic. And what does he do? Steals a cop car, for goodness sakes. Yeah, he's a, too good of a spy. Can't outsmart him. He's even got the lights on like he's a real cop. Oh, look, it's it's Beachy Head. I, I grew up in this neighborhood. And Uckfield. Oh, yeah. Was... Uckfield. <laughs> yeah. I grew up oh, sorry. in Uckfield. Is Buckfield, New Jersey? Buckfield, New Jersey. Right next to... A bunch of Buckfield. Yeah. Right next to Edgewater. <laughs> wow, what a coincidence. Yeah, David Matthau so was my neighbor. I'd see him mowing the lawn. Was he a television reporter or a radio reporter? Radio reporter and New Jersey 101.5. See, one time I put um, recyclables in the garbage and he began an investigation, son bitch. I saw that. He approached you. It was great radio. So she's look like, he gave. you're in a cop, you stole a cop car? And he's like, it's the only car that had gas. And he goes, Meet, wait right here for me. If I'll be back in an hour, and she's like, I would wait a million years, kissy, kissy, kissy. Oh, and yeah. no mention of Grape Poupon. <laughs> yeah, do you have any? That Poupon has gone bad. It's all gray. Yeah, I know. But you prefer yellow Poupon. I do. That's when it's fresh. Okay, so keep your hanger on. Yeah. The chopper shows up just as he planned, and he's really just pretending to get into the biplane. He's got his remote control, you see. Wow, this guy thinks of everything. Except flat tires. Well, good. That you know, I like movies like that. They shouldn't all be like flawless superheroes. They should shit should happen. Yep. Huh. There's helicopters in this movie. Helicopters. Yeah, there's so many copters. There's like helicopters. Oh, this is a family show. There's helicopters. <laughs> Good one. This is a. If you found that joke funny, donate to Muni Radio. Really? <laughs> okay, now well, this movie what the has, movie doesn't yeah. do is show how Mathau sort of disappeared, and they think he's on the plane. How did he sneak away that they couldn't see him running across the field? They saw him all this other times. There's this giant field and he's not even there. Now, Ned Beatty will have none of this. He's going to shoot that biplane out of the sky, goddammit. <laughs> you sound like him. There's one! A little bit if you know it. I'll do, here's my impression. Are we going to Addis Ababa, Mr. Lutor? <laughs> this is fucking great. Who knew Luke Slether uh, had a uh, little sidekick? He was in the second movie too, right? As Lex yeah, Luthor's buddy. Uh, 
And then I don't know if you ever saw Superman Four, the one that Christopher Reed directed, but yeah. Lex Luthor has a, a, like a cousin. Like John Cryer plays like a young sidekick. Ooh. Deliverance is Well, they showed him with a gun in the first act, so he has to shoot it at the last act. Because we know he's a good gunsman. They're, they're just trying to say he's a boob. He's going to try to shoot him out of the sky. He's already upside down the plane. Oh, no, I take that back. He's oh, I was right. The no, I was wrong. Roll. Pretty cool remote. I think it's an Atari 2600. Magnum Lux. That baby was great in network. Oh, yeah. Do you remember that speech he gives? Like, can you quote it? And it's very relevant to today. There's only, there's no country, there's only AT&T. That's a great speech. And he comes born again. The great, he shows up, Harold, uh, Howard Beale shows up the next day, and he's like, check out ABC's fall lineup. It's swell. You mad at Helen and can't take it anymore? Axe body spray is the way to be. If that movie's really relevant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that song. A lot of oil barrels in this movie. Right, so he ditches the remote control. The plane has blown up. He's dead, they think. Like in the novel, he faked his own death. Right, but in the novel, he fakes his own death and leaves the memoir there so that it doesn't get published. Like he was just screwing with it. Oh, so he walks away. Yeah. I think it's a better ending with him publishing it. Yeah, I agree. You know, he has to leave with the girl and, and, you know, get the gold or whatever. And the last scene we're going to see in the film, which is coming up, uh, Walter Matthau wrote. We've only got five minutes left. So if this uh, show goes longer than two hours, Walter Matthau dies at the end of this movie. So that's the ending. <laughs> I really had you going with that death thing, uh, with that one movie, uh, Kung, uh, Kung Fu Mahjong 2. Yeah, I really, you're, this would be, uh, you're like, oh, she dies at the end. I'm like, what the fuck's your problem? Don't tell me that. And then you told me my epidermis was showing and I had to go to the emergency room. It was really embarrassing. Well, he was right. Your epidermis is showing. Well, it wasn't. I was wearing a mask. Now, here we are. Number one bestseller, 14 weeks. And you should listen to the audio when... All right. I'm a couple of seconds off. More Mozart. Oh, that's Mozart. He's a Sikh. Oh, God, it's killing me. There are others who say he's still alive. 
Wait a minute, Latoya Jackson, how does she know this guy? <laughs> this is indefensible. Is he wearing brown face? She's scolding him, you know, you're going to get caught. Right. He has a good mustache, though. And she's going into politics, so who cares? Right. She kissed the Sikh to be, you know, because she's liberal. Right. These bookstores are great. I miss bookstores. See how they put them all up and didn't put them on the shelf so your eyes wouldn't be distracted? Yeah, that's right. That's what they did in the TV show Search Party. Thanks for reminding me. Featuring David Mathau. Yeah, Ross. Where's, let's see, uh, Carlo, Lucius Theorian. Yeah, Lucius Theorian. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we have just watched an official Criterion Collection on, uh, entry, Hopscotch, 1980. Carl, what did you think of the movie? I loved it. It was great. It's very rare. It was good for your show, too, but it's rare that we see a film. I mean, after Sir Billy, thank you, Michael. Thank you. Uh, you know what? Let's never talk about that movie again. I don't even <laughs> Let's never bring it up. I don't even want to air Let's it. Let's not. Really? agree with you. I, I'm going to say on our podcast, the last recording, we did a movie. It was so bad. I, I thought I was terrible on it. It's a terrible movie. All right, so should we? But you didn't hear yeah, yourself we'll on have, it. We'll... You didn't make a recording. Uh... My brain made a recording, and when I played it back, I was highly disappointed. All right, let's talk off air. If you really don't want me to upload that, I'll upload this one. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do a favor. No, let's talk about it on air. We're doing a favor for our listeners. <laughs> All right, they so Sir Billy experience. can sit there as a just-in-case, you know, we're yeah. ever in trouble. We would never play, we would never broadcast a terrible episode unless we're missing an episode and we have a backup. <laughs> so. Well, we do this every week. Of course, as I mentioned, we first uh, our episode first streams live, uh, well, streams every Sunday at 2 p.m. And then you can follow our podcast at LWAFLMOYT. Next Sunday's movie, Carl, I'm really excited about this next week's movie. Uh-huh. This is a film, as you know, came out in 1999. And as we know, that was the greatest movie year ever, best movie year ever. Except this movie, I don't know, I think it came out in 2000. It's called Mr. Accident. And it stars, yes, young Einstein himself, uh-huh. Yahoo Serious. Do you remember Young Einstein from the 80s? I'm being Yahoo Serious right now. And it's on Google, ironically enough. Uh, We're going to play the trailer. I'm going to just stick my phone into the headset. It's a movie called Mr. Accident. It's available on YouTube. We'll be watching it next week. If you want to check it out beforehand, of course you should. Uh, But let's hear the trailer. Oh, wait. We still got Mozart from the last movie. What was your favorite part of Mozart when he uh, uh, shakes his fur all over Charles Grodin's bed and gets water everywhere? That was terrible. <laughs> Mozart! That was Mozart, too. Oh, yeah, that was Mozart, too. And Mozart was the third. My favorite, okay, so here we go. Uh, yeah. My favorite part about Mozart was he, when he embarrassed Sol- Solieri. Uh, <laughs> and Amadeus. Did you see Amadeus? 
I must have must have been a double feature with Jaws because I haven't seen it. Oh, you need to okay. Press pause. Leave the house. <laughs> go see that immediately. Okay, so Mister. All right, accident... I'm, I'm, I'm at the film forum. <laughs> Mister. Accident. We have we're gonna play Mister. Accident VHS trailer that's available from our good friends at their channel Video VHS. Video VHS trailer. trailer. Okay. Uh, let's start. Here, three, two, one, go. Pathetic features. I miss Yahoo Sirius as a fart attack. What an accident. <laughs> Oh, that was by accident. <laughs> we are not taking your policy. Oh, what an accident. Right in the nuts. <laughs> he didn't get chopped by accident. Australia? Yeah. That was priceless. Oh, this is hey, gonna suck. Are you laughing at the time? Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? I'm tired. I'm pissed off. We watched the good movie, so we're watching Mr. Accidents or Yahoo Serious next week. I'm sorry. It's making up. I apologize for playing Hopscotch from uh, Death Wish director Ronald Reams' first Monday in October shit. De Death Wish. All right. Well, Death Wish author. Right, but the director of First Monday and, uh, and uh, right. enough of this high, high class talent. Hi, well, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, boy. Hi, Falutin. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, we have no class, and we're proud to have it. That has been Let's Watch a Full Length Movie on YouTube, L W A F L M O Y T, the Waffle Month, and we're of course available everywhere. We'll be back next Sunday. Uh, keep listening to Mutiny Radio. Uh, just go ahead and put it on. They've been doing some great stuff during the during the pandemic. Some really interesting uh, radio plays and and just a lot to check out. Uh, all right, hey Carl, that's been our show. Thank you so yeah. much. It's been good Thank talking you. with you. Thank you, Michael. Okay. See you next time. Bye. See you next time. Thank you. Guys. Underscores. You know, I love going to rest.
restaurants downtown, turning your frown around, and like everybody, falls countdown. <laughs> hey, I'm ready to crumb up. Now let's watch a full-length Check, check, hello. 4.06 p.m., hello. New radio.
the lobby, yes. Enter the lobby of Sam's exposed bath, basically. That's like that she's the community leader. Uh, lots of lack of deodorant, right? Right. Hot. Hot is Sam's thing. The girl that likes horses. Alright guys, welcome. Vanessa, are you here with me? Cool. Guys. Uh, well, it's 4 p.m., 4.12, and 
quite the ritual, stoners. Uh, let's let's uh, light up a bowl on 420 exactly. I love sweet stuff. Kind of like the New Year's ball drop. Just stoners light a bowl at 420, please. I swear. Okay, guys. Uh, what do you call uh, Cathedral? Okay, guys. DSO. Um, okay, guys. Welcome to the podcast. Always, never. And today's guest is um, friend Ernesto Perez. Hey, man. Welcome. Hey. Welcome to. Welcome to uh, a place that was. Um, ran by, in fact, Funky, we hate that fucker, Hitler, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, Kim Jong-un, Funky, see ya Pam, see ya, hey, be safe, okay, later, the bad niggas, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know Ernesto that we were going to be niggas. in a, like a radio station this studio, you just invited me, hey, you want to do a broadcast? And you were, yep. you were like, oh, all I need is my iPad. Like, oh, okay, I thought we were going to have a podcast. Oh, this is, yeah, this is on the internet. We're in a full-blown, like, radio studio, radio studio. Oh, yeah, we pretty are. cool. We are. And uh, the direction is jazzy. Live here. Uh, Muni Radio, always, never podcast. All of you. All of you, I mean. All of you. Um, some notes prepared here. A little bit of material. Uh, where do we begin? Tons of notes here. Tons of notes. Tons of material. 28. So I'm 28. Hello, Picardo. I'm music journalist. Always, never podcast. I'd say first step one is, okay, guys, power has to talk in hour-long mixes. We must reinforce that he's surpassed. A bit of underground music journalism. Ernesto, we have about 145 soft. Hour and 45. That's a long time. How many hot pockets? Uh, how many? Uh, how many hot pockets? Yeah. Is it an hour? Did did the girl from LA did the girl from LA purchase a pizza oven for her backyard? That's how infatuated she was with you. She likes her shit. Oh my god, she yeah. likes it like that. Like yeah. owns a owns a pizza oven. Passion. Yeah. Hey guys, I'm having a uh, party in my backyard in LA. Guess what? I have a pizza oven. Fuck it. Probably at nighttime. Yeah, I've only seen one other person use a pizza oven. Outside of Right, 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 right. And also, they have a uh, a backyard uh, ice maker, like a mini fridge. Right. But all it does is make ice. All yeah, and you know those shady Italians in Brooklyn, New York, cooking pizza. And some some bearded man with a hat says this is the best pizza in Brooklyn. People often say that this is the best pizza. Yeah, 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 they say that in, in uh, Rick and Morty. Calm down, calm down, calm down. Do I need to <laughs> sedate you or suppress you? <laughs> Rick and Morty. Drink some, drink some ginseng tea, calm down. Rick and Morty, they, they had an episode where they were 
all the pizza places say that they're the best pizza in town, but never seen how do they really Yeah, you, you need a little bit of context. It's kind of like saying, um, that's, that's a bit jumping to conclusions. Do you want to talk about pizza? Tons of notes here and some music to share too. Here's the Always Never podcast. Pizza, yeah, let's call it pizza. Let's, uh, let's just uh, walk through the park real quick. Let's, let's walk through the park. And we'll get into some material. So yeah, but pizza. Let's uh, let's chat about pizza a bit. Hello. Does pizza really invented? Uh, this is one of those things that the burrito with the Mexican pizza was actually invented in California. Yeah, pizza was invented in um, the founding principle of music festivals. Who who founded that idea? Music festival, large speakers, 10,000 people. David Guetta vibes. Yeah. Music. I think Tiesto and David Guetta met up for coffee one day and they're like, hey man, we should really push this music festival. But the first music festival was like Woodstock. If I, if I were to uh, visit Toby Simmons' apartment that she owns, what a conclusion. Yeah, do you know about, maybe riddle me that, who founded music festivals, like Woodstock? There was a Woodstock 1 and Woodstock 2. Can you maybe Google that? First music festival. Like an electronic music festival or like uh, a rock music festival? Okay. Well, when did, when did, okay, yeah, go ahead. Forget Expo First known music festival was the Lyceum Games. That's 
that's a weird sensory um, overload. For, uh, it is. It's everything. everything. It's, it's visual with all the lights and the art. It's and at the end of it, at the end of it, you're too tired to have sex. Yeah, you're just whooped for yeah, the next few days. Because the equivalent of sex is like sexuality in here. For a few days straight. Yeah, how did they do that? Dude, my legs hurt when I, from standing. I've one been to a handful. From a, like a little bit from a one foot. Yeah. I've been doing that. That's why, that's why you just pop a couple of mollies and keep it cool. Because if you go to the food and drink route, you'll just end up in the porta potty. You'll be. But if you if you play the festival smart, Woodstock one, Woodstock two. Uh, if you play it smart, pop like four mollies throughout the entire festival. Right out. Yeah, and I would I would definitely make uh, a reference to noise, Kevin Arnold of uh, Noise Pop. Kevin Arnold is very cute. What was the last music festival you played? Let's see, my friend. Before Let me delve into stuff. my lexicon of getting inside of white girls. I saw that they're starting to open up some music festivals. Yeah. COVID. And, uh, and I'm optimistic, Ernesto, because you live until 90 years old. Assumingly 85. I kind of uh, full stacked or was too with my MJ work for two years, but I'm optimistic. There are like 18-year-old girls who want to go to festivals. Yeah, or little six-year-old boys who want to like look like a producer, like they have, ab- like they possess Ableton. Maybe not. Maybe not that young. There's a l- there's a quite the spectrum range when they when they start taste. El Studio. El <laughs> Studio, I remember I used to play El yeah. Studio. God, I, God, I really want. Yeah, well, some kids will just pirate it. Hard enough. Pirated, able, pirated Ableton. Or pirate Windows. <laughs> am I able to... Am I able to date this girl? Or am I able to? Can I date this girl? The one we saw. We saw like four hot girls on our way here. We drove in the Jeep down Valencia because, you know, popping um, popping Molly and putting your camera at bikes or uh, found his running man. But yeah, what was I saying? Well, what able I to. Am I able to date these hot girls just like walking around uh, California? Well, so it takes two to tango. Right. Obviously, uh, she has to like there has to be consent. You must creme fresh my butternut squash, please, Sally. Yeah. Butternut squash soup. I didn't don't really know. Damn, this game black. Yeah, we're just walking through the park now, Ernesto. I haven't gotten into my material. Holy shit, her coffee table was so hot. Coffee table? Dude, I've mm. seen a, a coffee mm. table. Her coffee table was so hot. I've seen mm. a coffee table that was a tantrum. Oh, 
had a Narcos coffee yeah. table. <laughs> Their coffee was kind of bad. There was another one that I've seen. Yeah, I was at Dim Sum this morning after this is not podcast. Um, I was eating Dim Sum this morning, and my uncle sitting next to me, uh, Albert, Albert Narana, uh, he said the word carne. I got so scared. Why? He said it like, I don't know, he said it in a Filipino accent. He was like, carne. Um, and, so I and I immediately, words, I immediately was scared. Let's focus on carne, Ernesto. So I was at Dim Sum, and my Filipino uncle said, carne. I got hella scared, like, dude, no. There's a couple words that make your tummy tummy drop. Purgatory, carne, um, felony. By the way, I shot Elsa in the face with a pistol in front of Firewright. Quite the uh, experiment during my grade one W. Um, what other scary words are there? Carne, felony, purgatory, what other scary words are there? That's two. Oh, no. Another word that's, like, just um, scary. Scary words. Um, Demonstrate. Uh. That'll, like, Ooh, that's, that's a bigger. Yes, that's a large group of women. Feminism. That's just, like, angry bitches, dude. Yes, um, Mad Men is based on Mad Men is based on Vikings? But yeah, feminism's quite daunting. We are feminism. We are a large group of women. Yeah, what is it? We are a large that's yeah. Feminism, what's, what's a large group that of women. To like uh let's see. Victorian homes. Oh and by and by the way, Ernesto, the uh, Victorian home, they were actually uh, made in kits. Victorian home, there were these kits. There were these kits. Now they're they're like little pieces. Before IKEA, but Victorian homes have kits. They just build it and then just put a price tag like one point dollars. Or should I say yen? Because I'm kind of fucked up on the COVID thing. But yeah, Victorian homes are kits. It was because of uniformity, right? Because of uh, that was back in the nineteen Victorian homes. Not sure. Oh man, the Grateful Dead house. The Grateful Dead house. How about Mike Battaglia's house? Hello, Vinyl Dreams and the Lord Hate. Mike Battaglia's house. I don't know. Uh, no, the Vinyl Dreams is a is a record store. So Vinyl. Vinyl, yeah. And it's mostly house records, a lot of some down tempo. He has tons of flexibility. Well, Mike Battaglia at Vinyl Dreams has tons of flexibility to be an exclusionist of festival goers. There's a lot of places here in the city that just inadvertently tell the public, don't shop at my store or don't go to my store. Really? Yeah, well, because they well, only want certain kinds of people. Yeah, that's kind of racist. Yeah, uh, sto- some stores, some stores and brands even of clothing. Uh, a lot of stores say, "Don't come to our store uh, because we hate you." But like discriminating. Uh, I would say like the roots. It's more categorizing. 
categorizing? Or are they only Okay, what is your dream store, Ernesto? Question. You're selling shit to the public, like Ernesto retail. Oh, if I were to sell something. We should, yeah, we should clarify on, al what is the uh, alleyway in, in Temescal? Yes, Temescal. Uh, people of Oakland, let us gather around this meeting here. We are living in Oakland. We are Oaklanders. West Coast of Oakland. We must develop Temescal Alley. The stupid Temescal Alley is basically, I'd say, 10,000 square feet of s of stores. It's like it's like it's like, it's like building it's like building a house with with cardboard out of the box, out of the box. What a musical little Asian chink out of the box. And then the black guy who went to the first Burning Man. I watched a show out of the box on Disney. Yeah. Pretty much it. Pretty much it. Like they just have hella cardboard boxes, and then the what the the cameraman's like, this this cardboard house is is you know uh, this cardboard house is on grass in a backyard. And then once you enter, the like Littleton producers, when you enter the box home, it it's turns bigger. into like it's, it's a lot way bigger. Than it bigger. <laughs> yeah, way bigger. And, and Ernesto, I don't talk like this because you know, not, I don't talk like this because I'm not sexually active. I'm trying to be sexually active. I mean, I take showers and wear cool clothes. That's like half of the battle. I don't say this from the lack of vagina I've had in my life. From the porn site. Hold on, let me step up for a cigarette. Let's have some more music here. Welcome to the Always Never Podcast here at Mutiny Radio FM with Paolo Picardo, our fearless leader, Benjamin. Current time 4:31. Submission at 2781 21st Street. Reach us at 
one, check two. You still in the studio? Check, check. What's up? Black, red, blue, green. Hello. Radio FM. Guys, clearly uh, Pfizer and Moderna. Pfizer, yes. Hello, does possess. My black people be ripping down. Thank you. I'm like hitting you down. Your beauty is out of this world. I'm going to you from the front of you. Let us rip your boat down, baby. Running on Jupiter now.
Radio FM. Taking you back here. Any radio fan the always never podcast. Who the fuck is that? Yeah, so we're here in the studio with Ernesto and shall we dick slap a hummingbird? If you will. That's challenging. Yeah, I'm, I'm not freaking out like, dang, I want to like fuck a white chick one day. I'm 28. I'm like, fuck, I want to fuck a white chick one day, but I'm really like I think it requires a bird feeder. Hummingbirds weigh less than an ounce. What is her 20, 30 seconds weigh? Probably weighs like 45. Oh, let me say 145. No, like 90. Well, we're, we're, we're 90 through we're, we're 140. Here, no, we're here uh, dick slapping a hummingbird versus now getting a little Or is that a euphemism? Or like her pussy is a floater. Into some material here prepared. Um, uh, current time 4:42 on Earth during the mission. Eastern Standard Time, EST. So I just have shit in my notes to play along. I saw four hot girls on my way here. Um, let's go. Ernesto material. Material, material. Let's jump into it. Cool? 
I'm so glad I'm not in an amphitheater filled with rich white people. That'd be cool. Get a good cameraman and put it on Netflix. Then everyone can access it. That's kind of gay. It's kind of gay that people with Netflix are like, oh, I watched this on Netflix. No, you were able to access it on Netflix. It's such a privilege. And well, they, they treat it as a privilege when it, in fact, isn't. Holy shit, Netflix and chill. All this funny uh, comedy special on No. You were handed that and force fed. No, you were handed that. You were handed uh, that special. The uh, having full Filipino parents do that. Not my mom. But then, yeah. But Ernesto, people who are like, saw this thing on Netflix. What's your whole take on that um, ethic? I saw something on Netflix, Ernesto. Shouts to that. And, okay, well. Uh, but yeah, it's generate it's words. Now. Yeah, Netflix just made it so much more convenient to watch shows in the order that they were supposed to be watched and no reruns. So that, right. was, that was the thing with TV was most of the time you're just watching a reruns of your show and then Netflix. Yeah, I agree. And the turning point for me for, like, television, my sister, Bev- Beverly Picardo, she's really cool. So shout out to Beverly Picardo's friends rolling across the fucking world. I have two sisters, Angie and Bev. But the turning point for me for TVs was when the quality of the TV made me, like, it was like an ice cube just melting on the sidewalk for a second. Or rather, it was like a like an ice cube melting on, like, a, counter, a kitchen countertop. I was like, 1080p. HST five. There's a lot of there's a lot of TVs. Yeah, digital. But then again, people in their homes. Saw something on Netflix. And then and then the jerk the jerk at the music festival, the dinosaur print. Generation Y guys. No. You mentioned Netflix. Expect to hear Hulu and Amazon swap. Because when you mention Netflix, people immediately say, HBO Max, right? There's a lot of sexy shit on that. Oh, little blonde girls. Little six year old blonde girls with. Oh man, what are they watching? Probably Fortnite. Or like boy unboxing videos. Oh yeah, I know this girl on YouTube. Her name's A for Adley. On YouTube has her channel. But basically, her like Irish parents uh, are like, "Hey Adley, you can handle having a YouTube channel. You're only six years old. They manage it, or um, I don't know. I don't even know. I'm pretty sure they manage it because I'm pretty sure she can't edit videos." I had a YouTube channel for two years and four months, uh-huh. a.k.a. I was fucking some girl in Los Angeles. For two years. Yeah, I was. She was really kind of cute. But yeah, April Adley, her parents are, are asking, hey, Adley, you're six years old. Let's uh, start a YouTube channel. Oh, yeah. What, so what, what is she supposed to do? 
Uh, she posts activities, mostly, of, like, her parents and Adley interacting with her friends. You know, they're usually at the playground or going on a brisk walk. Constant and futuristic. Um, Doris. Futuristic. Got a motor segue. You know, you know when those, segue those uh, like, the hoverboards became popular? Yeah, through Casey Neistat or through... Yeah, yeah probably. Yeah, I saw a Casey Neistat video this morning. Um, yeah, he, he has like tons a, of them, man. Yeah. You, you can definitely access Casey Neistat. Yeah. yeah. But yeah, hoverboards, yeah. You're when they became popular, I guess. Right. When everyone had one. Chinese knockoffs. Hoverboards, yeah. They're kind of cool. Have you ever tried one? Yeah, I have a couple times. I always see these videos of uh, people the first time they get on there and they're just like, yeah, because that would bring into play the whole Supreme brand, uh -huh. the red and white one. I love Supreme. Yeah, like I, 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 I don't even want to talk about that, the Supreme brand, no. I don't. 